handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Derek Larger, Cody Felger joining you as always. So guys, we talked, I think it was the last video that we had up was the wide receivers and the tight ends uh, version of this. If you guys haven't checked that out, I encourage you to go do so. But today we're going to be talking about the tackles and the edge defenders in the draft and how many of them make sense for the Indianapolis Colts to draft. And, you know, we kind of talked about the wide receivers and the tight ends and we said, oh, well, there's not a ton of them. Like we understand who's been linked to the Colts and who's not. But, you know, with left tackle and edge being the big primary concern here for the Colts, there's a lot more guys here that we can look into more detail. So we'll go ahead and start here just for left tackle's sake. Not going to talk about Sewell. We all know that he's going top 10. There's no den no denying it at all. Vera Tucker, I'm not going to mention. I think he's going top 20. I don't believe he slips. And that also goes with Slater and Darisol. I don't believe either one of them may get out of the top 20, if I'm going to be completely honest. So we will just ignore them for right now. But uh, first name that I kind of bring up here is a name that we've been talking about a lot, and that is Alex Leatherwood, the left tackle from Alabama. So six foot six, 320 pounds. Uh, this guy is a very massive human being, played a lot better here at Alabama in 2020, cleaned up a lot of the issues that he had coming into this season. Uh, he was able to move people a lot better and was a lot more efficient in the run blocking department. Um, Najee Harris, obviously, was able to do so much better because of that. And then on top of it, you know, Leatherwood had a very solid senior bowl. We saw those where he had showed some good athleticism. Obviously with that size, that's a huge thing for him. You know, still seems like somebody that has a little bit of difficulty with the speed rushers, you know, due to that size. I mean, go figure, you know, being six foot six over 320 pounds. I mean, that's a big human being. So sometimes that can hurt a little bit, but Leatherwood still begs the question, how late do you draft him? A late first or is he an early second? But Cody, what do you think of Leatherwood here? Yeah, I probably wouldn't take him at 21, um, but I think he's a potential good day two option if you do trade back into that second round. Um, I think he would be a, a nice option there, man. Can you imagine him at what you said, 320 pounds or somewhere around there? 320 pounds and Quentin Nelson's 335 pounds on the same side. I mean, man, the, the division rivals are going to literally be like on their knees begging, please make it stop at this <laughs> point with those guys. I mean, those guys are just maulers, man. I mean, out for all the deficiencies he has with some of those speed guys, he's just such a massive human being that, man, putting those two guys together would be great. But I do think he's more of a day two kind of guy there. You know, I think really there's only a few guys. Um, I was surprised you didn't include Christian Darisol on this because I think there maybe is a tiny chance he does fall, but I get where you're coming from. But, you know, 
really there's not a ton of other guys there I'm comfortable with at 21. So I definitely think he's probably a day two kind of guy there. Maybe you do trade up or whatever. You trade down and you get him there in that early second round. But overall, I like him as a prospect. All right, so let's talk about another prospect here that's kind of been in and out of whether or not he'll get into the first round. I think most general consensus is he's a second rounder. That is Jalen Mayfield, left tackle from Michigan, six foot five, 320 pounds. Basically, a guy that, you know, had a solid 2020 and, you know, solid years at Michigan, but was never really outstanding. And he missed some time with some injuries in 2020, why he didn't show he was able to do a lot. So, you know, it's one of those players where, you know, he's somebody that could fall. And if Ballard really likes uh, that player and thinks that he can work with him, he has good quickness. He has good athleticism. He's able to neutralize really good edge rushers, but he's just not a mauler. He's not somebody that's going to dominate the left side of the line like Costanzo and Nelson do with them. So what do you think here, Cody, when we talk about Jalen Mayfield here? Mm. Yeah, based off of what you said, I mean, it's a little bit concerning with the injuries you said. Not really truly dominant at any point, so it's kind of like a meh pick to me there in that second round. I think there's other options that I'd probably prefer with probably more upside. But again, maybe maybe it's just a matter of, you know, you got to just, I don't know, like maybe at the NFL level, something changes, something clicks in him. I mean, he's got the size. He's the same size as Alex Leatherwood, so he's got that big frame. But, you know, I think maybe that's just something that's a little bit of a concern if he didn't dominate with that size. Like, what's that say? Maybe is that something on work ethic? What is it? I'm not saying he has that issue. It's just like, okay, what is the issue there? Why can't he, why wasn't he dominant at Michigan? And and the Mm -hmm. Colts are going to have to figure that out, man. And whatever they decide ultimately, I mean, they're going to go with. But yeah, I mean, look at him strictly from what you said. It's kind of like, I mean, I I wouldn't mind it, but I think there's maybe other options there in round two I'd probably prefer. (laughs) All right. Next guy here, and this one's a personal favorite of mine. Anyone that knows that's been watching these let mock drafts. And- let me guess. All right, go ahead. Liam Eikenberg. No, it's not. No, oh, it's not. Think about every other draft. So that's <laughs> nope, that's not the right really? one. There's, there's yeah. a different one. It's the one that Destin and I had a bait on, on a Whoa. debate on. And we're going to have a, uh, a bet whether or not this guy's going to get drafted in the first round. And that is Sam Cosme, the uh. left tackle from Texas. So Cosme, 6'5, 310 pounds actually ran I think he actually ran a four if I'm not mistaken he actually ran under a five at Hmm. his uh pro day so you know a guy who with the size that he has has really good athleticism and just speed and athleticism for somebody his size basically Cosme is one of those guys that people say he is really good at everything that he does but he's not excellent at something. He's one of those guys that's just really good at what he does, everything, but he never excels at any given point. Like he doesn't excel in pass blocking, he doesn't excel in run blocking, he doesn't excel at finishing guys, uh reading assignments, footwork, all that stuff. He's good, but he's not great. But that doesn't mean that he can't show greatness. A lot of people have made questions about whether or not he's really determined to finish people even though despite the fact there are multiple videos of him actually putting people in the dirt 
that's just, it's again, Cosme is a very raw prospect. He's a very big athletic guy that, you know, does need a few fine tuning things. But when I look at him and his ability to do just about everything well, and you know, you can work on, on trying to get better at certain things in your scheme, but knowing he's able to pass block very well, has the frame, may need to get a little bit stronger, but you, you'll get stronger after a few workouts in the NFL. That's not too hard. And, you know, has the speed and athleticism to get to the second level and block guys. Does have the willingness at times to put people into the dirt when he so chooses. I mean, Cosme to me, I mean, if we decide to trade back, maybe I would love to have this uh, pick right here. What do you think, Cody? I like Sam Cosme quite a bit, quite a bit. I had a guest on who didn't really like him. And I was like, I don't really see why people are hating on Cosme so much. Like it, I was just talking with Jake Arthur and he was saying, yeah, like Sam Cosme has been falling in a lot of like NFL circles and stuff like that. You know, it's a little bit like, why is he falling so far? Yeah, I, I like him because he's so athletic. I mean, he, he's got pretty decent size. I mean, he's about the same size as Costanzo. I think Costanzo was like 315. And he's like, what, 310? So yeah. maybe put it on a little more strength. But overall, he's got athletic ability to handle those speed rushers. And I think that's what stands out as opposed to the other guys we looked at. He is probably one of the most athletic tackles in this draft. And I think mm-hmm. that's going to work to his advantage, especially against some of those speed rushers you're going to have to go against on a week-to-week basis. If he already does it well, he's just got to add a little bit more strength. I, I personally think that he's a really nice fit alongside Quentin Nelson there. And if there is a question on his aggressiveness, Quentin Nelson will bring it out pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm not concerned about that, honestly. And honestly, it could work in the Colts' favor where maybe he they don't even need to trade back to draft him. He falls all the way to them in their original second-round pick if they do indeed, you know, don't trade that or anything. So honestly, I'm like, keep falling because if the Colts can get him there in round two at their second round pick, I would be all for it. Yeah, I'd totally be all for it. Even if we traded back and got something like late thirties, but even also with the athleticism of a Cosme, you know, that really helps in the run game too. If he's going to have to pull or if he's going to have to get to second level, you know how the Colts like to run the football. I mean, he's going to be able to do things like that because he has the athleticism to do it. So that's a good one. Let's go to another one who's been rising in a lot of draft boards. And we've been talking about him a lot as of recently. Actually is a right tackle, played right tackle in college, but a lot of people have made the idea that he could move to the left side. That is Tevin Jenkins, a right tackle from Oklahoma State. Six foot six, 318 pounds. I mean, this guy is... Literally what I think a lot of people compare him to what Quentin Nelson is at guard. Yeah. He is he is the mauler of this whole group. He he loves to maul people. I mean, he has an edge to him that, you know, it, it, he is just a, a guy that loves to finish people. He has a lot of experience in college. I think he's a senior. So this is a guy that has been climbing up a lot of boards because of his flexibility, his size, and his play style. I mean, On his side, he had it locked down at Oklahoma State. I mean, there's very few prospects in this where, you know, you could say you draft that guy, that guy is going to change your offensive line for the better, kind of like how Quentin Nelson did it for us. Jenkins is that same way. What do you think of Jenkins here? Mm -hmm. 
I love him, man. I love Tevin Jenkins. Um, and he has some, I think he has had some experience at left tackle as well. So it's not like it's a completely foreign position to him. But yeah, I, I think overall, man, that Cam and Quentin Nelson styles, they match up exactly with what you want. I talked, I was gushing over Alex Leatherwood. I mean, Tevin Jenkins and Quentin Nelson beside each other. I mean, that takes Mahler to a new level on that left side, man. <laughs> Nobody wants to be on that left side of that no. offensive line. <laughs> no, people will be saying, Coach, please put me on the other side. And then you got to go get Braden Smith, so it doesn't really help you out too TJ much. TJ Watt will want nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so that, that would be a good one. I'd be interested in that one to see what they do there. So another one that we have here is a guy that you mentioned that you thought I was talking about earlier, and that's yep. Liam Eichenberg left tackle out of Notre Dame. We all kind of, I kind of talked about him already in my mock draft. If you guys haven't seen mm-hmm. that one, talked about how he was six foot six, 305 pounds, you know, another guy is kind of like Cosme. He's not yeah. as athletic as Cosme, however, but he's very fundamentally sound. So when you're coming into a league and you're co- trying to come into your own, right? I always, when I was in high school, I was always the most undersized lineman on our group. But a lot of the uh, coaches would tell me, you're forming your technique, both in the weight room and on the field, are some of the best that we have on the whole football team. And that is what helps separate you from everybody else. Because you can teach guys who have good technique, guys who know how it's done, you know, and good technique and foundation like that help make up for the lack of speed or the lack of strength. Cause you can work on speed. You can work on, on getting stronger, but you know, coming in already knowing how to pass block and how to block efficiently is a very good thing. So Eichenberg, a, a player here that didn't excel at anything, but was a good player. Nonetheless, somebody that we think could probably drop into the second round and the Colts could probably get near that 54th pick. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, I think that's about a good spot for him there at 54, somewhere around there. It's kind of like, I would like it. I mean, I would like it there. Obviously, it's kind of like going back to the other argument I had. Like, there's other guys that I'd like probably a little bit better. But if, if you're all going all the way down to 54 and he's a guy that's still there, you got to take him. You got to figure out left tackle. There's yeah. things like you can afford to throw him in there. And feel okay about it, you know, from day one, I feel like. With, with yeah. a guy like Liam Eikenberg, he's got to get bigger, you said. Got to get stronger a little bit. But the thing you don't have to teach is that technique. And just he's such a tactician, man, like a technician, I guess is the word. He's just, man, he knows exactly what he's got to do to win. And sometimes, man, you can have all the talent in the world. But if you know what you're going to do and how you're going to attack someone, that'll win out, man. That'll win mm-hmm. out every time. And he's got physical traits, too, that you can tap into. It's not like he has no physical traits at all. I, I like him very much. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing, again, is the speed rushers. Um, that That's the biggest thing, the biggest knock on him mm-hmm. is those guys against the speed rushers. But, like, he's got the athletic ability to be able to handle those guys. It's just continuing to refine his craft in that way. But overall, I like Liam Eikenberg quite a lot. Being a Notre Dame fan, I was able to watch him. And <laughs> I think he has some some good upside for you. Yeah, that would be great to have a Notre Dame left tackle next to the Notre yeah. Dame left guard. That would be pretty familiarity funny. too. Yeah, yeah, familiarity with each other for sure. Okay, so we got two more players here at the left tackle position, right. and we'll drop into the edge. That is Dylan Redunce, the left tackle from North Dakota State, six foot five, three hundred five pounds, about the same size as Eichenberg, just a little bit shorter. 
So Redunds, you know, there's the question marks of, oh, you know, he's never really played at an elite level because, you know, coming from North Dakota State. But nevertheless, when he was there, you know, when he played and was healthy, I mean, he allowed zero sacks, was a very good blindside protector when Trey Lance was, you know, just dominating at North Dakota State in 2019, didn't allow a sack on that side. So, you know, this is a guy that I feel totally confident in his ability to fall backwards into the draft, into that later second round. If this is somebody that you think that you can develop, kind of the same player as Eichenberg, just not as fundamentally sound, but I think he also has just as much upside as Eichenberg does. So what do you think, Cody? I think, honestly, if you trade out from the first round into the second round, you're definitely going to get a third-round pick. Maybe you get a second-round pick, a later second-round pick, and he's still there. I mean, you mentioned it, the biggest knocks. Obviously, the size a little bit uh, a little bit undersized there, but uh, and the level of competition as well. But, but yeah, I think he's a guy that's worth taking that gamble, especially if you can get him in that later second round that has a lot of upside. So I like Dylan Redunce. I do. And then another one that we have here is Walker Little, the left tackle from Stanford. This one kind of surprises me, Cody, that a lot of people have Little being taken in the late first round because really? this guy has not played football in two years. He was he was hurt the majority of the 2019 season, and he sat out for the 2020 season. So you know, you didn't get a lot of football experience over the last few years. On top of that, this guy did not wow teams at his uh, pro day at Stanford. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Little. You know, certainly has the the size. I mean, 6'7", 305 pounds. I mean, this guy is a massive human being. It's just a question mark of, you know, What's the priority here? Like what, how much are you willing to risk on a guy that hasn't played football in nearly two years? Yeah, you're right. And he's definitely a guy I don't really like in those first two rounds at all. Maybe that's a mid round guy that you take a chance on. That's about all I see for him, especially with injury history for one mm-hmm. and not really playing experience as well um, in the last couple of years. So yeah. Maybe he, to me, he's more of a project player. Like I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him that long. You have no idea what you're getting with him. Um, that's not a knock on him. You just don't haven't seen him for years. So yep. I, I like the size. I think he's more of a, if I'm drafting him fourth round guy, fifth round guy, honestly. But if a, there's a team that believes in him, man, go for it. I just wouldn't be comfortable from the Colts with their need at left tackle going for a guy like Walker Little. I, I just, no, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for me either. All right. Now we're going to move to the edge rushers. A couple right. of different names here. I got about six or seven of them right here that we will mention. First name, and I think it's a lot of what Colts Nation has really been wanting us to get at 21 if we don't move back and this guy's still available, and that is Quiddy Pay, the defensive end from Michigan. So, you know, Pay really has the physical tools to really do it all. I mean, with, you know, being uh, as big as he is and, you know, being as strong as he is, I mean, he really is, I mean, PFF states it as the definition of built different. I mean, this guy's got all the physical gifts that you could have. I mean, overall, as a statistical year, he didn't have a great year sack-wise, 
But when you look at the size and the strength and the speed of this guy, you look at the raw potential that's there and you say, that's a guy that if we work with him, we think we can develop him. What do you think about pay here for this one, Cody? Probably, and I know this is controversial and you're not going to like it, but I would take him over Jalen Phillips simply because no injury history. I feel like they have the same upside. Pay is really good against the run. I obviously Phillips is a little bit bigger, but mm-hmm. I think Quiddy Pay is the safer pick out of any of these guys that are probably going to be available at edge at 21 or near 21. You know, the stats may not always reflect it, but we know stats are very misleading a lot of times. Like I look at it as like, how is he impacting the game? And he can do it in both departments. He, he can stop the run. He can get after the passer. He's got the physical tools. He's got a lot of tremendous upside. And the Colts have to find some solution at edge. They just have to. They cannot continue to try to – I mean, it's great. Like you got to believe in your guys, obviously, but they cannot wait for these guys to just develop. If they develop, awesome, great. But we can't wait on these guys any longer. We need to figure it out. So for me, Quiddy Pay, I mean, if he's there at 21, you'd be foolish not to take him there. Much higher upside from Cody than what I feel, but we'll see how that works. Before we get into Jalen Phillips, talk about another guy here, Jason Away, a defensive end from Penn State. So ironically, ironically enough, Cody. Away did not record a single sack at Penn State that last year playing football. Did not pr- produce a single sack. But yet his improvement shot up drastically in his efficiency to rush the passer and be able to force pressure. Um, he definitely did that a lot better. And, I mean, his pro day, a lot of people were, like, insanely impressed with his pro day because, again, another guy that's, like, six foot and you know 260 pounds that can just move people I mean he is strong big and fast another guy that you know has technical issues uh, more technical issues than pay by a long shot but a guy that has the physical upside to see what you could do with him what do you think about a way here yeah he's more of a Kamoko Ture kind of project to me um in a way you know and I just don't know he's definitely a second round guy to me day two kind of guy for me but I just don't know if the Colts I like the size I, I do I like all that kind of stuff but I just think you you can't just keep doing this like I don't know if the Colts want another project I guess is what I'm saying here again for all the physical tools you like and what you saw that's great that's awesome I just don't know if it fits exactly what the Colts need right now. Maybe if you had a number one pass rusher, you could take more of a chance on a guy like him here in the second round. But overall, I'd, I'd probably like a more refined type of guy, you know, like we mentioned before. But, you know, from a physical standpoint, I do like what I see. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if Bell and company went and tried to just continue to add, you know, basically what what he is kind of the physical and all that stuff, you know, add it into the mix that pass, pass rusher. Wouldn't be shocked at all if the Colts went that direction also. Well, let's talk about the bread and butter here. Jalen Phillips. So we kind of talked about him a lot over the past couple weeks. Again, you know, just a physical freak just has all the intangibles that you would ever want to for a defensive end to say, that's going to be the guy that I want. The only issue you got is he's just has a, a bad injury history and you're just unsure if that's worth taking a chance on. Uh, what do you think uh, here, Cody? You kind of mentioned 
earlier how you didn't like you didn't like him as much as Pay. So I, I like him from. I think him and Pay have really obviously both have really high ceilings. I just am so concerned about those injuries, man. If yeah, they concussions. Really concern the concussions specifically, if it was another injury, like I'm probably a little bit more inclined to say, okay, but like we cannot take that like lightly. I think like, cause like people have retired Luke Keekley retired like really early because of concussions. There was another guy was it Chris Borland. I think his name is that was on the 49ers that retired after only a couple seasons because of concussions. So like, I don't know. I, I just, I'm more of, I want to, if I'm drafting a guy at 21, I want to ensure that he's going to play for me for five to 10 years. You know what I mean? And so yeah. with Phillip, I love the upside, man. I do. I'm just concerned about the injuries. You know, and that was the reason why he left UCLA to begin with because of the amount of concussions he received. And he wanted to see if he could find something outside of football, which he couldn't, and then decided to return to football and hasn't had a problem with the concussion since being back, but right. that's still nevertheless a concern uh, yeah. for sure. All right, so let's talk about some other guys here. Let's talk about his teammate really quick, Gregory mm-hmm. Rasu, also from Miami, Florida. I mean, this guy in 2019 had a 16-sack redshirt freshman campaign. I mean, he opted out this past year. He was He was getting a lot of sacks, but they said his pass rushing grade doesn't quite measure up to the sack total. Mm. He struggled to win on the outside, which, I mean, if we're going to be honest, that's where the defensive ends in the NFL make the most of their money is being able to win on the outside. So there's a little bit of a concern there for Rousseau, you know, being slightly undersized compared to everything else and unable to win on the outside as much. What do you think about him here at this spot? Yeah, I do wonder how many of his sacks came, like kind of coverage sacks a little bit. Like we saw that throwing it back to when we were looking at pass rushers in free agency, like there were some guys that like we were kind of a little bit more hesitant on because you saw like their sacks looked nice, like looked like, you know, nine, 10 sacks or whatever it was. We're like, how many of those were because the defense had great coverage, right? Like how many of those were not really due to the fact of the pass rusher making a play, you know? And I think that's the concern with him is just simply that, you know, and, you know, sat, I said it before, I'll say it again. Stats can be very misleading a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's incredible. That's a great season. But, you know, if you really break it down and look into it, you're like, okay, I'm not as impressed as on the surface I was. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think just for that reason, I, I'm kind of a little bit, like, con- concerned about that, you know, because you're right. Like, if you can't win on the outside, what what are you going to do, you know, at defensive end? And the Colts really need somebody who can do that. So, but yeah, I mean, he's got physical tools. He does. I, I'm just going to say that. But and he had production to back it up in terms of sacks. But yeah, there are those concerns, and I think they are very valid for him. All right. So let's talk about another one here, and that is Aziz Ajulari, and that is the defensive end from Georgia. So Ajulara is a is a very small defensive end. He's barely around 250. So he's actually very small when you look at it. Yeah. But he does have a lot of length and explosiveness on the edge. Uh, I think his arms are very long as compared to everything else. Uses his hands very well. He's got a good cross chop move. It led him to a 91.7 pass rush grade this mm. past season. It was one of the best overall pass rushing grades in all of college football. I mean, for as small as he is, 
he he's very effective. He knows how he's very fundamental, has good speed and strength. And, and that length in his arms. I mean, there are many times I saw this last year where he was getting the better end of some of some left tackles because those arms, he just knew how to work it. So, I mean, you know, it's one of those guys that Ballard definitely loves his underdog kind of players where they got a little chip on their shoulder because of something that's holding them back, like, you know, Ajilari with his size. What do you think here for um, Ajilari, a potential first rounder? Hmm. You know, I, I seem to recall another undersized guy that was taken by the Colts in the fifth round some years ago. Mm, I know where you're going with this. Actually, two guys that the Colts <laughs> took that were pretty considered undersized, and now they're your franchise leading sackers. So you know what? I don't <laughs> care if he's undersized. If he can win, man, and he can do all that stuff, Sign me up. I'm down, man. I'm on the high train. There you go. The more you talk to this guy, the more I like him. All right. All right. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, a lot of people forget, like, who's the best defensive ends the the Colts have ever had? Uh, Dwight Freeney and uh, Robert Mathis. And where were they drafted? Mathis was a fifth rounder. And I don't even remember what Freeney was. Freeney was was a first round. Who's a late first rounder, if I remember right? He was considered undersized. That's why he fell. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if people want to say, oh, he's undersized, so we're not going to draft him, that's fine. We'll draft him. I don't Yeah, care. I mean, it's exactly the point. Like, Ajilari has a has a weapon that a lot of people don't have, and that's the length in his arms and the ability to actually use that length to mm-hmm. his advantage. I mean, you have to when yeah. you're that small. I mean, it kind um, of, in a little bit of a, obviously they play completely different positions, but Kenny Moore is like, what, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, but he's got those long arms. So I don't mm-hmm. care if he's undersized. If he has those long arms, that's what Ballard looks for, man. That's what he mm-hmm. finds. Yep, absolutely. Now, there's a couple names here that we can mention, but I'm going to cut it a little bit shorter on these. But uh, we'll talk about a guy here that Cody had in his mock draft. I think it was his first right. one. And that was Joseph Asai from Texas. You know, didn't really play a whole lot up until this past season. He's very bursty, undersized, edge who, you know, still had like an 81.1 run defense grade and an 80.5 pass rushing grade. So, you know, nothing crazy, but he had um, is still effective use of being able to play both the run and the pass. So this is somebody that you could, if you don't address edge right off the bat, Osai could be somebody that could fall and you get in the second round. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, he's so even split in terms of, you know, stopping the run and stopping the pass. You looked at the grades right there. I mean, he's pretty close on both of those things. He's a, got the physical tools, man. I think he's more of a day two pick. I took him in the first round earlier, but kind of looking at him more, I think he's more of a day two pick for the Colts. But he's got what you need, man. He He's good against the run. He's good against the pass. Honestly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Jabal Sheard with better upside at pass rush a little bit. Who, where he's really pretty solid at both, but I would say this Joseph Asai has a little bit more upside at pass rush. Not to say Jabal Sheard was not a good pass rusher. I mean, he was pretty, pretty consistently pretty good for you, but I like Joseph Asai quite a lot. Thus, I took him in, at 21 because I just like the physical tools from him. But if he falls to that second round, man, yes, absolutely, you take him. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to round out the left tackle and the edge rushers. That Hang we're on, looking at. I'm sorry. 
there's one other guy we got to talk about. That's All Joe right. Tryon, man. That's Joe Tryon. I had him in my mock draft. We oh, have Lord. to talk about him. I, I like him personally. I think he's he's a really a good prospect for you. I wish I had like stuff on him. I didn't really prepare coming to talk about this, but I just wanted to mention his name because I feel like he deserves some recognition. He could be another second round guy there. All right. Interesting, interesting name. Like I said, there's a couple different guys in the second, third round that we've kind of talked about that could potentially get mentioned yeah. for the Colts. I mean, I had Carlos Basham and one of my right. first mock drafts in the second round. I mean, that's that's starting to sound like that might actually come true. So, yeah. but that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know in the comments uh, if there's somebody here that we talked about that you like, somebody that we didn't mention that you think we should talk to and look at. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.